I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the great characters of American letters and humor is Fran Lebowitz. Lebowitz is a writer of dry wit and sardonic manner, a great observer of manners in New York City, who wrote two books of essays early in her career and then was famously struck with writer's block. No books since the early 1980s. Since then, she has made a living talking giving lectures, doing interviews, all of which feature her dry, curmudgeonly take on modern life. Leibowitz is great friends with the director Martin Scorsese, who directed a documentary about her in 2010 called Public Speaking. Now there's a new documentary, Pretend It's a City, on Netflix. It's just Fran speaking, whether publicly or with Scorsese at an Italian restaurant, and it features long, wistful shots, often in black and white, of Leibowitz walking around New York City and talking about life there today. Many compare her to that other great wit of America, especially New York in the 20th century, Dorothy Parker of the Algonquin Roundtable but I think she's more like Oscar Wilde. Leibowitz is a crank, but a lovable crank. And underneath it all, she has the heart of a lover, one who loves New York City, but is chastened by its changes. In the first episode of Pretend It's a City, Leibowitz talks about the annoyance of pedestrians. Now, this is a woman who supported herself when she first arrived in New York in the 1970s by driving yellow cabs and cleaning other people's homes. Then she worked for Andy Warhol at Interview Magazine. So she knows from annoying. She's not annoyed though by tourists asking for directions. No, she's annoyed now by how little we pay attention to one another. She says this, it's not just people walking and texting or just standing in the middle of the sidewalk. It would never have occurred to me to do this while walking, she says. One of the worst things is how New Yorkers have forgotten how to walk. One of the great things was that, yes, there used to be a billion awful people in the street, but every single person in the street knew as you walk towards other people, you move a little bit, they move a little bit. That's why everyone's alive at the end of the day. Now, people don't do it because they're on their phone or they live in a world of one. She says that sometimes she waits as people are walking towards her, not seeing her, and she lets people almost bump into her. And then they look up annoyed and she says to them, other people, isn't that astonishing? 
Finally, in exasperation, Leibowitz says, pretend it's a city where there are other people. I love her description of a New York when people made room for, it, for one another. They might yell rude things, but they knew how to make room. Soon after watching Pretend It's a City, I read an article about the difference between being nice and being kind, a distinction I think really matters for we Christians who are called to be kind, not just nice. The author made a broad distinction that people on the East Coast are kind and people on the West Coast are nice. They don't mention the Midwest, so I'll let you figure out where you think we land. The author observed that New Yorkers are not nice, but they are kind. They'll protect you from getting run over by a speeding taxi by pulling you out of the road, but they'll call you a friggin' idiot. If you're shivering on a freezing day, a New Yorker might yell at you for being stupid for not wearing a coat, but then give you theirs. In contrast, in California, someone might pass you struggling to change a flat on your car, flash you a great smile, give you a thumbs up, offer the encouraging, you got this girl, but walk right past you. This all makes me think, believe it or not, about the Corinthians, to whom Paul is writing his letter. In it, he gets involved in an argument that doesn't mean much to us anymore. He's writing to a group of Gentile Christians who are very clever and who believe that, the, that they can eat the meat that has been sacrificed to the gods represented by idols and temples. They know that those gods don't exist. They know they follow the one true God. So what difference does it make? They're sophisticated. They don't need to be held by any rules. It doesn't matter that some people might be confused by this practice. It might lead them astray from Jesus Christ by thinking that the idols, the gods, other than the one true God, are real. Or they might be scandalized by this practice, thinking that these Christians who are eating this meat are not very faithful. Now, this is for sure not an issue that we are facing today in our churches, in our nation, in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. But we face others, friends. What Paul is focused on here is how a community is to behave with one another. How a fledgling Christian community of Gentiles, those who used to worship idols and prides itself on being steeped in wisdom-seeking Greek philosophy, how is this new group of Christians to handle things? They're focused on wisdom and knowledge. They're puffed up with how smart they are. But because they're so smart, they look down their noses on those who are less sophisticated. And what Paul is saying is that we don't get to divide up like that as Christians. We've got to make room for one another. 
giving up some of our liberties to protect the conscience of another. Giving up our individual liberties sometimes to protect the conscience of another. Unpopular in the United States where we take individual liberties very seriously. We can't act like knowledge is the most important thing. Rather, we are to act as love is the most important thing. For love builds up a community. Love acknowledges that there are others here and that we rely on one another. In this way, we follow the example of God in Christ, who was not, Paul says, revealed to us in knowledge, but in love, even foolishness. The love, the foolishness, the weakness of the cross. This isn't about being nice or right, but about being loving and truthful, considering what will scandalize our neighbor, what will put a stumbling block before their faith. Friends, I don't think I need to tell you that we are in terrible trouble these days. We are divided in ways that we have not been for a long, long time. I don't need to rehearse all the ways in which we're divided right now, you know. We've forgotten how to make room for one another. I move a little, you move a little. It's easy to point fingers. It's easy to think that we're right. It's easy to believe that we're the aggrieved party. Now, I want you to hear me. I'm not arguing for both sides-isms, that we're all equally right. That's not true. After all, we Christians care about truth. We care about what is just. We care about what is right. And we should not abandon any of that. But we're in a mess. And more knowledge, more information, isn't going to solve it. There are certain things that we need to do as citizens. But I'm talking about what we need to do as Christians. Here at All Saints, yes but also in the larger global church in the nation where the people we often disagree with are also followers of Jesus Christ. Too often we throw one another under the bus, we look down our nose at one another, running into each other because we think we know so much and we're so certain we're right, which we might be. But in the meantime, we are scandalizing those of weaker consciences who just feel the anger and the contempt, who just see people who claim to follow the Prince of Peace being, well, jerks. What the world needs now and always has, to quote the song, is love. It also needs humility our humility. After all, we follow the one who, though he was in the form of God, 
did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. What the world needs now is love. What the world needs now is humility. It needs us to make room for one another so we don't run into one another. Pretend it's a city. Prepare for the city of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.